Before we get into episode 69, a word from our friends at Monmouth Park. With full fields and big payouts, Monmouth Park has returned as a place to profit. Monmouth's Friday night twilight cards are the perfect place to build that weekend bankroll. Live action from Monmouth Park starts at 5 o'clock Eastern every Friday. Weekend action at Monmouth Park begins at 12.15 Eastern every Saturday and Sunday, kicking off the 50-cent win early pick five. Start your weekend days with a bang by playing the 15% takeout win early pick five every Saturday and Sunday. It's one of the nation's first pick fives every weekend. It's big fields, competitive racing, and big paydays, all at beautiful Monmouth Park Racetrack. Now, on to episode 69 of the show. What is going down? This is the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. This is episode 69 of the show for Monday, June the 7th, 2021. However you take this thing in, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the podcast if you're somebody who just listens to the audio. You don't want to deal with you know finding it and watching it and all that stuff. That's fine. That's how many of you listen to this. Uh, you have many ways to find it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, many other, basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find this show and all the other shows available from In The Money Media. If you enjoy watching along with an episode like today's, where we're going to go back and watch the tape of the Belmont Stakes, and then I'll even show you a little bit about the final piece to this show, a little bit of handicapping involved because the Friday feature is back. You can head on over to YouTube in the search bar, Matt Bernier Show. You get this episode along with the 68 prior. And I basically just told you what we're looking at here for this week. We're going to go back and look at Belmont Stakes 153, the victory from Essential Quality. And then we're going to dive into the Friday feature. Belmont Park race number seven this coming Friday. Uh, It's been a little while since we've been able to go into a Friday feature, but for good reason. The Triple Crown's been going on and everybody's been on overload for that sort of thing. So good time to reintroduce that to this show. So we'll go over that. If you have a selection and you want to be on the show next week, you need to leave your selection beneath the video player on YouTube. It's the only way I'll take any kind of a submission. Um, You can feel free to tweet at me and send all sorts of other stuff, questions, comments, concerns, whatever it may be, over at Bernie or underscore Matt. But as far as the Friday feature is concerned, it's got to be beneath the video player on YouTube. Even for those of you who listen on your phone, or on your computer somewhere else. You, if you want to be part of it, you gotta you gotta go over to the YouTube channel. But that's neither here nor there. And by the way, speaking of the YouTube channel, on all fronts, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means a great deal to not just myself, but everybody in the money media. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever it may be. Uh, any kind of interaction and feedback is always welcome because we're just trying to make things as good as we possibly can. And Really, we just need to try to know what you all want because that's what this is all for. The more stuff that you want to hear or see, the better off we are because we can make better content for you. So that's that. Uh, As far as the undercard races from Belmont Park on Saturday, and I suppose we can even include Friday into that, if you have specific questions, leave them beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt, and I can bring them back in a Q&A next week. But you're going to be able to find many people's opinions of all these other races, uh, especially here on In The Money Media. Um, 
But if you have specific questions about a horse or a race, whatever it may be for me, let me know, and next week I'll dive into them. But for this week, I figured let's just keep it down to the nitty-gritty. We'll go over the Belmont Stakes, and then we'll dive back into some handicapping to get some folks back into this show, on the show anyway. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into Belmont Stakes 153, one by Essential Quality. The mile and a half test of the champion at Belmont Park on Saturday. It was the grade one Belmont Stakes Essential Quality, no surprise. The morning line favorite, and he went off at odds of six to five when the gates popped. Just too short for my liking. Most likely winner by a long shot, I think, based on the way he had run in Louisville. And the fact that he's never not fired. Everybody loves a good double negative. Um, Every time he's gone to the racetrack in the afternoon, he's run his race. So he made plenty of sense. I just, I couldn't get behind six to five or seven to five, somewhere thereabouts on a horse who going a mile and a half for the first time. There are other horses entering the race that look to be of comparable ability from the speed figure standpoint. I just didn't think he was head and shoulders above everyone else. And in fact, he wasn't based on the way the race played out. This video is from NBC Sports YouTube channel. You can find this in its entirety over there. It is the Belmont Stakes. They break from the gate. Hot Rod Charlie is going to be hustled from post position number four beneath Flavian Pratt. He goes right to the front. France go to Ina, who we thought could be forwardly placed. He's up there as well, along with Rock Your World, who, for whatever reason, just a little sluggish out of the gate. Now, the opening quarter in this race is 22 and a piece for a mile and a half otherworldly fractions. I don't know how else to put it. And I I recognize the idea that at a mile and a half, now you're going to be able to kind of back it down a little bit at this point for the next couple quarter miles. But for the, these horses to be going this fast at this kind of distance Boy, that was a lot to ask of any of the forwardly placed runners. And in fact, there was only one who stuck around. And we'll get into that when we get into the run. You can see now about mid-pack, essential quality has angled out from the two path or the two posts. And he's out into the clear. At this point, especially with the way the main track had played for the majority of the day at Belmont Park, he is probably in the ideal scenario, the ideal position, given that it feels like this thing is going to fall apart right in front of him. And you're out on the better part of the racetrack. Meanwhile, Hot Rod Charlie is down on the inside, setting this wicked pace. And we'll get into the track in time. But three quarters up and 12 flat. Everyone right now, for the most part, has to be relatively pleased with their positions, maybe outside of the top three runners who it just felt like, boy, they did a lot of running early on. I'm going to pause it momentarily. Remember what I had mentioned last week, that with about a half mile or thereabouts to go, you need to be within two lengths if you really want to have a chance at winning. And I say that because Hot Rod Charlie is here, Rock Your World is here, Francisco Deina is here, and here's Essential Quality. Effectively, two lengths off of it. Everyone else, you have Ron Bauer inside, you have known agenda, and you've got the two other Pletchers back here, Burbonic and Overtook, who at this point, even with the wicked pace, these guys probably have too much to do, and it's debatable about these two horses. Two of the more fancy in the wagering, Ron Bauer and Known Agenda. But Essential Quality has taken up that position that I said was so critical. You need to be within a couple lengths of the lead with roughly a half mile to go. And sure enough, 
Luis Saez is starting to push along, and Essential Quality is making his run. From the back of the pack, Ron Bauer is about to make a big move down on the inside. Known Agenda is trying to follow Essential Quality. He just doesn't have the ability right now to run with a horse like this. Meanwhile, Hot Rod Charlie, for whatever reason, he's like, nah, man, we're going. We are not stopping. And I, I'm watching this thing live at Mohegan Sun, and I turned to Mike Mutnansky after the opening half mile because he liked Hot Rod Charlie, and I said, this sort of pace is how a, rate, a horse like Bourbonic or Overtook ends up winning because it's just going to come apart. There's no way that he can possibly last. Not only did he last, but he made essential quality earn this thing. And you take a look. These two were basically in a race of their own. Ron Bauer and Known Agenda, they both run solid races, but they're in another zip code compared to the top two, and eventually essential quality prevails by a little more than a length over the pace setter, Hot Rod Charlie. Ron Bauer finishes third, Known Agenda fourth. The final time for the mile and a half, 227 flat. Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie earn enormous fire speed figures for this time of the year. Essential Quality with a 109 buyer speed figure. Hot Rod Charlie with a 108. Again, you've got a country mile back to Ron Bauer and Known Agenda who run, I would say, respectable speed figures. 95 and 94 for this level at this stage at this distance. But they just were no match for either of the top two horses in this race. And essential quality for, for the most part, I think people coming into the Triple Crown viewed him as the best of the crop. Following a good and, let's say, slightly troubled performance in the Kentucky Derby and a victory here in the Belmont Stakes, I think he deserves to be considered the best three-year-old of the crop right now, who is still, who has races under his belt. You know, I'm not including Life is Good because we'll wait and see what happens with Life is Good wherever he does show up again. But Essential Quality deserves to be viewed as the horse to beat, I think, in this division. And in a weird way, I think the best thing from and, and his trainer, Doug O'Neill, and the ownership group, <laughs> they certainly won't agree with this. But to me, I can only speak for myself, but based on many of the reactions responses I saw post-race, Hot Rod Charlie, I think he earned more respect in defeat than he would have had he actually won the race. Because I'm sure had he won the race, the, the argument would have been, oh, we'll see. He just went right to the front, and that's how Belmont Stakes winners run. And, you know, it, and we've seen a history of that in the past anyway. I, boy, for him to put away the other speeds the way that he did. Rockier World and France go to Ina, finished sixth and eighth, beaten a million. For him to go 22 and 3, 46 and 2, 12 flat for three quarters, and only lose by a length and a quarter to a horse who I thought just when it came down to it, I thought Essential Quality was a better horse than Hot Rod Charlie. I, I talked about it last week on this show that of the five win contenders, or the five horses that I thought were win contenders, I basically thought Hot Rod Charlie was the fifth of the five because I thought he had a pretty perfect trip in the Derby. I did think. Hot Rod Charlie had the ideal running style for the Belmont Stakes. I just wasn't 100% convinced that off of a relatively smooth trip in the Derby, yes, he had a little bit of bumping and banging, but when you compared that to Essential Quality's trip, it was really difficult to make a case, in my opinion, that Hot Rod Charlie was the better horse or the superior talent at this point to Essential Quality. And for him to run the way that he did, I thought was just unbelievable. 
really bordering on unbelievable for him to continue on the way that he did. Um, I, I've never been the, the, you know, the giant hot rod Charlie fan, but I'll tell you what, I, I can't help but look at him and say, I don't care if he never wins another race. Um, he's got a, he's made a believer out of me and he's made a fan out of me. I may not be picking him or betting him in any of the races that he shows up in, but I, how can you not have the utmost respect for a horse who goes out and does what he did on Saturday afternoon? And as I alluded to during the replay, it's debatable when you see how well he ran in the Belmont down on the rail and how Silver State won the Met Mile down on the rail. But again, on these big days when you have so much time between races, especially the way that it was carded on Saturday, or basically every other turf dirt, you know, throughout the day, inside at Belmont Park on the main track was not where you wanted to be. Now, maybe it changed as the day went on and the track continued to dry out. It's possible. But I still kind of want to upgrade both of those performances, Hot Rod Charlie and Silver State, simply because they were down on the inside for the majority of their run. And for for both of those horses, and I won't talk about the Met, but, you know, I, I just I, I thought this was an exceptional performance from Hot Rod Charlie. And I don't want to take anything away from essential quality because he went and beat him. He went and ran him down. Uh, but I really the top two to put it into some sort of perspective i mean the the two speed figures from a buyer standpoint that were earned by these horses in the belmont stakes they're the fastest belmont stakes on the buyer scale in the past 10 years faster than american pharaoh faster than justify faster than you name it any of the belmont winners of the past 10 years both of the top two horses on saturday ran faster races than any of them had uh, which is astounding and I, I would venture a guess, you know, I've, I've gone on record saying, I, th- I think this is a pretty good little group of three-year-olds. I had seen so many people say, ah, this is a bad bunch. This is this, this is that. I would venture a guess to say, you're not going to hear that anymore. When they're running speed figures that over the past 10 to 20 years are kind of unprecedented in a race like this. On the heels of both of these horses, I mean, these are horses who were capable of triple-digit buyers coming into it. Hot Rod Charlie, effectively, if you want to go back to that Louisiana Derby, we're splitting hairs between a 99 and a 100. His last three runs, 99, 100, 108. I mean, these are racehorse times. Essential quality. That big race in the bluegrass comes back, runs a giant race in Louisville, comes back, runs an even more massive race. Is that a word? More massive? Massive? More massive? In the Belmont. And to the point of, I really don't think Ron Bauer and Known Agenda ran that poorly. They were kind of in their own race as well. They were well clear of of the latter four in, in the race. But they were, I mean, think about this. Hot Rod Charlie, more than 11 lengths clear of third, and he didn't win. That's bananas. It was just... Watching it, I thought, wow, this is a really good this is a really good race. And then when you go back and you kind of take a moment to take a breath and you look at it again and say, Jesus, this was this was an exceptional performance from both of the top two and respectable from third and fourth. All around. I, I thought I thought the Belmont Stakes delivered. I thought it was a good field going into it, and I, I feel at least validated in that. 
I thought known agenda. And by the way, I still think it was, essential quality was bad bet at six to five. That's my opinion. We, we could run the race again. And I would say the exact same thing. Most likely winner. I would say pretty clearly essential quality, terrible bet at, I thought he was going to be seven to five. Never mind six to five. He took a ton of late money because he was two to one for the most part. Um, but that doesn't take anything away from the fact that when we just look at it from a performance, when we're analyzing the race itself, just an outstanding effort. And and I, I, again, I would like to pose the question to those who said, you know, when I and others mentioned that essential quality probably ran the best race in the Derby. Oh no, he didn't. He hung, he was why, you know, excuses, excuses. Come, come at me again with the idea of excuses. When you saw what he did on Saturday, I, I again, venture that we would not be hearing those and, and those people will be quiet. And the people saying that this was a pretty eh, crop, they'll probably be quiet for a little while now as well. Uh, as far as the rest of the field is concerned, Ron Bauer, I thought it was a fine effort. He was down on the inside. He made that pretty significant move, I thought, rounding the far turn before they hit the top of the lane. And he just kind of flattened out, which I'm not going to hold that against him. Back in three weeks, taking on a better field, out at a mile and a half. I thought he ran really well, and he'll be an interesting runner to keep an eye on going forward because I think you could see – I would just say I wouldn't rule out the the – chance that you see him on turf again at some point this year as a three-year-old. I don't know if it'll be the Belmont Derby. That's a, well, it's not that quick. I mean, it's four weeks away, but um, I, I wouldn't rule out a turf try, put it that way. I don't know if he'll do it, but I wouldn't rule out a turf try again at some point here over, over the course of this year. Uh, known agenda, you know, he ran back to his Florida Derby, which for me, a little disappointing. I expected a little bit more than that. Um, but you know, if you take the top two out of the race, he, he's right there with Ron Bauer. He's only, a, you know, three quarters of a length back. So wasn't a terrible effort. Wasn't a good effort either, though. Um, Burbonic, I basically, the, the bottom four overtook, didn't run well. Uh, Burbonic, I suppose he ran fine, but not particularly. I mean, he, he's still just not an overly fast horse. Rock Your World and France go to Ina. I'm going to give both of them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure some people are going to sit there and, again, they're going to, you know, I don't want to say it becomes an echo chamber, but I'll rock your world. He's not that good. He's not that good. Well, or he got cooked by a ridiculous pace, emphasizing how unbelievable the performance from Hot Rod Charlie was. I'm not ready to just sit here and say rock your world can't run. I think that that's ignorant. I think it's naive to, to say based on him getting slammed and destroyed out of the gate in the derby and him being up on a wicked pace after breaking a hair slow in the Belmont, that he can't run on dirt. I, I refuse to believe that. I need to see more for me to draw that conclusion. If you're so confident in that, good on you. But to me right now, um, that that's a bit of, it's very reactionary. That's not, I don't think that's based on a lot of substantive ideas. Uh, and France go to Ina, you know, they took a shot. I, I, I'm glad he was ridden the way that he was. And it sounds like knock on wood, everything is good. I believe they're talking about going to go back to Japan and get him back to distances that are a little bit on the shorter side. Um, but I, look, I, I commend them for coming over here and taking a shot. Oh, oh, look at this. Look at this. We got we to get her out of there. Um, on that note, I'll, I'll wrap up the Belmont talk. Uh, in general, I thought it was a phenomenal race. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing where these three-year-olds continue on, whether it is the Haskell, which we've heard 
rumors about for horses like Mandaloon, uh, even a horse like Medina Spirit, perhaps Hot Rod Charlie because he came out of this race so well. Uh, essential quality, maybe a Jim Dandy Travers sort of double from Saratoga. Rombauer, again, I'd love to see him back on turf. I'd love to see him on dirt again. I just, it's a, I think it's a good group of horses, and I'm going to be very interested to see where everyone goes from here. Let me know your thoughts beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt, about this year's Belmont Stakes, won by Essential Quality. Apologies again about the sound situation. Uh, you know, the software updates and all that other kind of stuff, you know, when your computer is acting like a, like a weirdo and you got to kind of go through and try to get everything back on track. Well, that's what I've been in the midst of. And for whatever reason, the good microphone did not connect to the recording software and just all sorts of stupid stuff. So apologies about that. I don't think it sounds terrible. So it is what it is. Now, let's move on to the Friday feature. It's been a minute since we've done one of these, and I felt like this is a good opportunity to, to get back involved. And as I said at the top, if you want to know my thoughts about any of the other races from the Belmont Stakes undercard, uh, leave the sort of question beneath the video player on YouTube, and maybe that'll be a segment next week. Uh, a segment that will certainly be involved next week is the Friday feature. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about Belmont Park race number seven on Friday. It is a six and a half furlong allowance race on the main track. There is a chance of some rain, so I didn't want to go with grass. I know it's only a field of seven, but I think it's a good, pretty competitive field, and I think this at least allows options or opportunities for different folks to get in there and hopefully somebody to pick a winner. So I'm just going to give you a very, very brief explanation of the way that I looked at the race. Um, but what you need to do, you need to leave your selection beneath the video player on YouTube. If you are correct, I will contact you and we will set up a time to record next Monday for the Friday feature. So here we are, Belmont Race 7. As you can see, I'm just taking a quick look at Timeform US with their preview page. Not a lot of speed in here. The two Ray Handel horses are the ones that look like they want to go forward. I think a lot of people are going to look at a horse like Finding Fame on the outside as an intriguing runner. I personally was most interested in the two horse, Slam Dunk, the other Shook McGahee runner in here. Javier Castellano picks up the mount. I suppose you can look at it and say, maybe not ideal that Jose jumps off this one to ride the outside filly. But I think Slam Dunk came out of a race that I liked more than the other Shug. And the race specifically being this non-winners of two other van, which featured Miss Brazil. Now, Miss Brazil is a very talented racehorse for Tony Dutrow. She came back and earned a 90 buyer in a stakes race over the weekend. Slam Dunk got a little goofy when she was hit left-handed with the stick. She quick swapped to her left lead and then back to her right lead in deep stretch. But she was clear of third in there. I think that field that she ran against is better than the one that the other McGahee runner down here on the outside that being Finding Fame, ran against in the most recent run. And from a pace standpoint, while I don't want to say the, the handle horses are burners by any stretch of the imagination, either dealing justice or timely tradition, they're going to be forward. And I think Slam Dunk just being toward the inside is going to have the advantage of maybe tucking into the pocket and having an opportunity to just draft in behind and hopefully you find a seam as you hit the top of the lane. So, and, I mean, you, you combine all of this with the idea that I think she's going to be a better price. Might be the fourth choice in this race. Uh, Slam Dunk would be the horse I would be most interested in in this spot. Let me know who you like for this race. Race number seven at Belmont Park on Saturday. It's a allowance race for fillies and mares. 
Uh, if you are correct, I will contact you and we will set something up for next week. But it's about time. You know, Triple Crown season is over. We'll be focusing on the summer racing in the days and weeks to come. But for now, let's get back into it. Let's have some fun. Let's get some more people in here, get some more opinions out there. And hopefully we can all learn a thing or two. So the Friday feature is back. Belmont Park, race number seven, this coming Friday. You need to leave your selection beneath the video player on YouTube. And this is how we are going to wrap up episode 69 of the program. Uh, whether you have comments or questions about this race, the Belmont Stakes, any of the races on the Belmont Stakes undercard, or heck, even on Friday, leave those beneath the video player on YouTube. Perhaps we'll bring in some sort of a Q&A for next week for a segment. And uh, thank you all for listening, however you listen to this thing. Many ways to find the podcast. If you're audio only, you have Apple Podcasts, you have Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, just to name a few. If you're someone who watches along over on YouTube, all you need to do is search bar, Matt Burney, your show. You'll get this episode along with the 68 prior. Until next Monday, best of luck. However you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play, this has been episode 69 of the Matt Burney, your show. One last thing. This is an important day kicking things off. Our friend Christina Blacker sent me something over, and I said, you know what? I'm more than happy to, to get the word out and, and sort of spread it out so folks can get involved. Uh, TIEA, the Thoroughbred Industry Employee Awards. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown here and give you a couple of contacts that maybe you want to reach out to in case you are looking to get involved in this whole thing. And you'll hear, I'll bring this up again periodically throughout over the next few weeks. Uh, The Thoroughbred Industry Employee Awards recognize and reward the outstanding talent, diligence, and commitment of the farm and racing stable staff who are at the heart of our sport. TIEA began in 2016, following in the footsteps of a similar global Thoroughbred Industry Award initiative set in England and Ireland, also sponsored by Godolphin. Uh, There are now industry award programs in five countries connected by their shared mission to recognize and reward those who have dedicated their lives to the thoroughbred industry. In the U.S., TIEA is conducted in partnership with the Jockey Club, the Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association, the Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders Association, and the Breeders' Cup, and with the sponsorship of Godolphin. TIEA has awarded over $600,000 in prize money to 52 finalists and 31 winners since 2016. Now, here are some important dates. Monday, June the 7th, meaning today, if you're listening to this or somewhere thereabouts, uh, nominations open at TIEA.org. On Monday, August 2nd, so you effectively have two months, nominations will close at TIEA.org. Uh, If you're looking for some contacts outside of going over to the website, which has much more information, uh, general inquiries, info at TIEA.org or completed nominations, send those to awards at TOBA.org. Completed nominations, awards at TOBA.org. But again, head on over to the website, TIEA.org, for more information. You will hear this again periodically over the next few months.